Millburgers Gardening South Texas is sponsored by Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. Ready? It's time for Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308-8867. That's 308-8867. Or toll free at 866-308-8867. And now, live from Millburgers Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bolverde Road, here's your host, Milton Blake. Good afternoon, and welcome to Millburgers Garden, South Texas, on 930 AM. The answer, Milton Glick, along with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. And uh, your calls when you give us a call. Do we have to be hooked up here? To you have to, one? yes. To hear the stuff, you'll have to be hooked up. You can do it. All right. So call 210-308-8867, 210 or like the... The people out here, your gardening peers, are out at Millburgers buying, uh, let's see, Vincas, Theralis. I'm kind of checking out everything. Uh, yeah, that one, uh, that one person got a whole, whole. Uh, yeah, what do you call bucket, that? A whole uh, flat of. Uh, yeah, the Vincas. And you were yeah. going on about they're they're on sale for eighty eight cents each. Yeah, there you go. Were a dollar twenty nine. Almost a dollar thirty. Yeah, and if, you, if, you're, <laughs> and, uh, if you're looking for a a decorative plant in full sun, in even small containers, mm-hmm. one of those uh, vincas really works well. They fill out and have the, of course, the colors unmatched, uh, and the real drought tolerant to take as much full sun as they get. As oh long, yeah, as long as you can water them. I tell the story when we were trying to. You know, the red vincas, uh, especially of this Cora series, has not been on the market very long. So when uh, I think Greg was still here, Greg Grant, but uh, we planted a bunch of vinca to, of, that, of that color to get to save the seed. And uh, the... Uh, the farm we planted them on rows, just like we do the tomatoes in the in the field. And about this time of the year, the farmers came to us and said, "We're not going to be able to water those vinca, those periwinkle." And uh, I said, "Well, let them see what they do." And they didn't even blink uh, once they took the once they were established. They went right through that heat and uh, less water with no problem at all. And that's that's a, the a statement about uh, soil reservoir too. And vinca vinca we've always said are drought tolerant, but and when they got plenty of soil, yeah, then you, then they they move into a status as a xeriscape plant. But uh, if you got little teeny containers, <laughs> yeah, even vinca has to be watered. So, and of course. Uh, and I noticed on the uh, uh, sales items that uh, they included uh, deer resistance. Oh. And uh, uh, I think I called a hand on that last yeah, week. Yeah, I think you whined about it enough. The- <laughs> but uh, to me, that's the probably the most important thing about Vinca 
a periwinkle. Well, they, is it is that the the deer won't touch them? Well, they'll and even the you know we talk occasionally about zinnias and snapdragons. The, the deer don't seem to like to eat them, but their stems are. Re, uh, get cha- walked over. So yeah. Mm. Whereas Vinca is, it's got much more flexibility. <laughs> unless, uh, yeah, unless, they get it, unless they get a foot right in the middle there. <laughs> so, yeah, we don't think about that very often. I have a weird question. Uh, oh, really? Yes. Wait a minute, Calvin. It's a first. He's got a weird question. Oh man. So. If you plant something, so you plant a bed of vinca. Okay. All right. So we know it's deer resistant. Deer, deer won't touch it, as you said. Right. And you plant something amongst it, so that's surrounded by the vinca. Yeah. They'll eat it out of the. They'll vinca. eat it. Okay. They doesn't discourage and them. Then. Oh, yeah, they'll have <laughs> all that just... traffic in there. Yeah, that's right. And then, stomp then, the stuff yeah. down, vinca even, down. Even the vinca would get stomped. Oh, down okay. There. That's, that's one of the issues always with the, those annual flowers. And to this point, uh, remember how we uh, say you could kill cactus mm-hmm. when people want to grow, uh, want to grow, want to get rid of cactus. We tell them to water it, overwater right. it. If you want to get rid of Vinca, even Cora, just water it a lot. That that soil, if that soil, and even in those containers, if you have a heavier soil and you keep them soggy, yeah, right. Even the Cora Vinca will have trouble staying surviving. Is it it stretching, Trace? Yes. Okay, good. Uh, Trace has got on a new uh, mask today. Does your wife make you those or what? No, this one, uh, I get a different one every day. She washes them, and I get like oh, okay. five or six of these, and then <laughs> when she forgets to wash, then I have the ones that she made. That's a pretty one. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. So we were talking about vincas and finishing up that. Anything you want to add on our vinca talk? We got plenty. Yeah, got, you got plenty. <laughs> yeah. Some pretty specimens. And that's good. Yeah. Because they, if colors. you're in a deer area, which a lot of people are, uh we we were uh talk I was talking with my uh daughter and son in law the other day and they were ca- uh, recalling the fact that the deer came up on the back porch uh and ate ate the uh, plant so what did I have? I had uh Pansies. blue plumbago oh. on there. Which they and, don't normally eat. <laughs> and uh stuff like that. I think you had pan- pansies on the yeah, oh, yeah. porch one they, time. They too. love well, that's, pansies. Well, that's yeah. candy. <laughs> People even eat pansy blooms. Why wouldn't a deer? Oh, wow. I wonder if... Uh... You don't go out to eat much tea, Milton. <laughs> no, no. Fancy restaurants, they'll use the pansy bloom as a garnish. Oh, wow. Ed- an edible really? garnish. Huh. I wonder if deer will eat society garlic. It's on the resistant list. Is it? Yeah. Okay. And it, and it smells, so I'm not sure they'd really like yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. It smells like garlic. It's not a garlic, but uh, when you break the leaves, it uh, smells like garlic. Or onion. Uh, yeah, onion. Well, we have those on sale. Yeah, and, and you when, do. When we opened the door of that 18-wheeler, uh, we were uh, hit with that 
aromatic uh, garlic Onion. smell. Ma- uh, made me hungry. I mean, garlic made me hungry for Italian food. Is that right? <laughs> yep. They may. Uh, it makes a pretty good ground cover. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and it sh- it shows a a picture on the sales uh, page of it blooming. It's got uh, uh, even in the shade. It'll have those little uh, bloom spikes on it. Now, they're not on sale, but there is a variegated version of that, too. I know you don't like variegated plants much, but that one actually looks pretty cool. Yeah, well, variegated you can see in the, in the shade better. But uh, I saw uh, yesterday when I pulled up, I saw a lady with an entire wagon full of the society garden. I want I I want to go over and say, <laughs> what are you going to do with those? I bet she's going to use them kind of like monkey grass or something like that, along sidewalks or things like that, because it's a tough plant. Very tough and on sale. And it's a herbaceous perennial. Well, and it, it qualifies it qualifies as a xeriscape plant too. Yeah, it, uh, you, you know you don't have to give it much supplementary irrigation. Uh, wait a minute. It, it features showy spikes of fragrant lilac, purple, star-shaped flowers. Lilac? Well, that's the lilac color. Lilac is the color. color. Uh, uh, oh, oh, okay, okay. Rising above the foliage from midsummer to early fall. Great for mass plantings and containers. Uh Actually, hey, it doesn't freeze. I don't think it freezes back. Do you? Do it depends on depends on the winter. It can get it can get ugly. I haven't seen it go all the way to the ground like bulbine or something like that. Yeah, but, uh, right. It, it, I would say right in there with liriope because you know liriope can get tip burned if we get cold enough. Yeah, no. But it'll come back next year too. Yep. That's why they call it a perennial. Now they even the hummingbirds are kind of interested in those blooms. Huh. I was trying to, you know. Doesn't it give them bad breath? Or is it Italian hummingbirds? Uh, it could be. I don't know. But they, but they uh, seem to visit them when they when it's in full bloom. I don't know if the flower smells like garlic or not. I don't I know, mean, but he, but I have seen the hummingbirds on it. So uh, yeah. So uh, that's that's going good, uh, and I've also seen. A lot of people walking out of here with that dwarf Mexican petunia. Which are also on sale. Texas Superstar. Uh, we probably should have made, should make a society garlic a Texas Superstar. It probably could be. <laughs> it's been around a while. Uh, I maybe, can, maybe somebody can come up with a different color bloom. Well, will you quit it? <laughs> It could happen. Yeah, it could be a, <laughs> all the time. Burnt, burnt orange. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, buy, I buy tons of them. I tell y'all that nasty color does not appear in nature. Well, have you got I, it? I was wearing it yesterday, and yeah. I was in nature, so it does yeah. appear in nature. It appears in the sunset. Uh, yes. have, have you have you got any vinca, periwinkle, that are burnt orange? No. Do you have any zinnias that are burnt yeah, orange? Yeah, that's close. No. That's close. close. That's a close one. Yeah, if you explore the zinnias seed sources out there, catalogs, you get, you get some that are pretty close. I Is that right? Yeah. But they're a specialty kind of thing. And well, you've got it's burnt orange is a special color. 
<laughs> and yeah. you, you've got... Uh, not, not for the ordinary. You've got z- uh, zinnias out there for sale. We do. Even though Neil uh, Sparrow says not to plant them at this time of the year. I think Neil just was... We're uh, listening to Calvin. Uh, <laughs> I think Neil was thinking of uh, marigolds. I'm listening to all the thousands of successful customers planting them now. Yeah. Or, and, and when we had... We're having trouble getting them. All those that wanted them, more more zinnias out there. Oh yeah, because they're in addition to being a good cut flower and uh, very attractive, showy, and capable of dealing with this heat. They're also one of the best uh, humming, hummingbird and butterfly guard plants too. Zinnias. And uh, I'm watching that uh, thryalis showers of gold. Uh, at the entrance there, there where, uh, where I park, and uh, they're still putting on a sh- good are, show. Are, are you taking up valuable parking space in the front of the store? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he's an old person. Uh, yeah. Which means he needs the exercise. He can walk from the back. That's, that's what my doctors say all the time. They say, do you exercise? Hell no. <laughs> I tell them. Okay. Anyway, uh, that thryalis has, has been going out of here pretty good with a, with a lot of blooms on it. It's on sale, uh, and uh, it's uh, again, aha! Uh-huh. You didn't put on your deal that it's deer resistant. He did give you credit for putting deer resistance on the vincas. On the okay. vincas. All right. So get it on the so trial. I, I got half the credit. Yeah, you got you got, you got a little <laughs> love early when you weren't here. Did you say? Did you see if we had any Lynn's legacy? Uh, of course we do. We have about a hundred. A hundred. And I walked back there too and saw them all. And I asked every cashier yesterday after that. Nobody owned <laughs> up to that. Right. Uh, well, I, I, I called that person back. And said there were there were lots of them, so that he, <laughs> so he said he was going to call back again. So hopefully. And another great plant, uh, Lynn, uh, uh, Paul Cox introduced me yeah, to the Land Legacy uh, Sunitsa and uh, Texas Sage, and of course Paul Cox actually named and found. The uh, Bubba Desert Weller. Uh, I don't know if Desert Weller is uh, deer resistant or not. Pretty sure it is. Yeah, it probably is because it, it was grown in the in the wild. Uh, I don't remember the actual description of where Bubba Desert Weller came from. Uh, I think the original tree is still, and it's a tree, is uh, there at the San Antonio Botanical Garden in the uh, old-fashioned garden, right in the center. And uh, I, th- I, I remember Paul telling me that it was a, a some some type of hybrid huh. between between uh, two species. Uh-huh. Well, let's let's remind everybody because we've had a. Few, a couple of uh, calls. This this is Bubba uh, 
help me with this, Bubba. The uh, desert willow. The desert willow is is like mesquite. It's not not something you're going to plant in the middle of a San Augustine lawn if you if you're no, going to. It's keep not it. comfortable having its feet wet. Yeah, if yeah. your if your plan is to keep your lawn green. In weather like this, uh, your your bubba desert willow or any desert willow is not going to be happy. We went through that uh, years ago. Two years, we two years ago, it rained, it rained every, every weekend. I think. Yeah, yeah, spring, right. And they were unhappy campers. Yeah, it it, it got actually got some kind of disease on it. Well, I, I don't know if the bubbas did, but our, norm, our normal so. weather they perform great. Yeah, we got a couple of pictures uh, sent in by uh, listeners or uh, readers of my column that that they had that leaf drop, so it was rel- relatively easy to diagnose. Yeah, is that Mark Peterson? I know. I think it is. <laughs> but the uh, oh, I didn't even recognize him over there. The the buzzard bubba desert willow has the largest bloom. Of uh, any desert weather, and I think I think there there's some new ones on the market. Well, but there's I think, one called Pink Dawn. It's really white from a distance. It's got to be double the size. Is that right? But it's a. I mean, it's probably not the same series. It's a Chitapa, Chitapa something. Chitapa, yeah. No, yeah. no, no, Chitapa, Chitapa, something like that. But uh, Bubba is used in a lot of the crosses. Uh, they've done a lot of work with these in uh, in Arizona. Uh, we, we do have a tree guy behind you. We could ask him. There you go. We'll All ask right. Mark in a minute. Yeah, he might not, might know the history of Bubba. Oh yeah. All, all I know is that he uh, is Paul Cox put the Bubba name on it. And he told you and I at the same time. <laughs> no, that's no, maybe maybe. Uh, well, Calvin, get a little closer to the mic. If you maybe can. he he told me when we were at a tavern one time. I guess <laughs> where the bubba came from. Yeah, but uh, uh, the uh, uh, he insisted on the bubba name remaining on the the uh, the name of Bubba Desert Willow. Before he would give any of the nurseries uh, <laughs> cuttings and starts of it, and they they uh, <laughs> reluctantly have kept that name Bugga Bubba on there. For some reason, people outside of Texas, uh, let's see, Paul was from East Texas, wasn't he? Uh, didn't 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 appreciate that name Bubba. Well, I've heard family stories that like the firstborn son in every family, their nickname is always Bubba. Is that right? Yep. Well, I, I hear. I heard that. I hear uh, folks from outside the state. They say, "Well, that's a typical Texas name." Uh. <laughs> that came. I, I'm sure that plant came from Texas. <laughs> so anyway, that's uh. Well, Trace, what about in the coming weeks? You got some exciting stuff coming in that you can talk about, or are you keeping it quiet? There's there's going to be a plant that we haven't been able to get in a long time coming in Tuesday, oh, and uh, I believe it's going to be on sale Wednesday. Okay. Uh, I, had to, I had to book them because that's uh, a commitment, so I make sure I get them. Okay. So uh, we are going to have four-and-a-half-inch tomatoes this week. All right. Um, I may be the only one in town that has four-and-a-half-inch tomatoes. But you got them. But I'm going to have them. <laughs> what about what's our situation, Trace, on the butterfly plants? 
We're getting where uh, the martins are gone are gone, and the butterflies are going to be coming strong. What have, what have we got coming in? Uh, let's see. There's going to be. He's looking at the availability. Yeah, yeah. I haven't ordered this one yet. So <laughs> I got butterfly weed available, so I'll be bringing that in. I do have some now, and they look really nice. Okay. Tropical, uh, tropical fire, milkweed. Firecracker, firecracker plant that might bring them in for the nectar. Uh, Any porterweed? Lantanas. I haven't got the peas yet. Uh, fire spike, but that won't help to fall. Pride of Barbados, Purple Heart, Rock Rose. Did that's you it. order some fire spike? Sure plant. Yeah, I have fire spike. Okay. That, uh, that's plant we don't talk about very much. Yeah, used to. But, uh, that could be a Texas y- superstar. Y- yeah, it should. Uh, but uh, it blooms in, blooms red in the shade, blooms red uh, tubular flowers in the shade. In the fall. I, I, I call it the uh, uh, fire spike is the, uh, the uh, shade-loving uh, firebush. In other words, firebush. Sure. If it smells shade, it's not going to bloom. Hmm. But uh, uh, that one does extremely well in, in the shade. Well, I, I think that's a, a runner for, for Texas Superstar. He might even try that purple and give that one a throw. Yeah. Did you where, did you see uh, that available? Well, it, normally not available till fall, but uh, okay. if I get it, I'll let you know. I got a... Now, I, I, got I, a I, I did get several of those purple-leafed Vitex... Oh, to, uh, good. to the botanical garden, so they could start yeah, evaluating appreciate that. that. We got some good good news that the the customer that had uh, been looking for the Lynn's Lowry, the uh, Lynn's legacy legacy uh, did co- come into the, the uh, store this morning and got four of them. So, <laughs> right. so now, I, he now said, I have ninety six. Yeah, he's, that's what he said. He said there was only about a hundred of them there. <laughs> But, All right, guys. Uh, I got interesting. Then I got a question on that purple fire spike. Uh, in in the last week, really from a yeah. from a lady from a person in uh, so we Florida. Should, we, we should probably be calling Hank because I think she bought some, and we should ask how they did for her. Yeah, to see uh, maybe Hank get some report. In. Yeah, Hank. Give okay, us a call. great. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. I think she bought them either last year or year before. But yeah. she, she's always a good uh, test yeah. test pilot for some of these plants. Yeah, and she's got a shady yard. Too. Yes, she did. That's why I recommended it. Okay, guys, I got to take a break. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Toll free. It's eight six six three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up on nine thirty a.m. The answer. Hi, it's Milton Glick for Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 and Boulevardy Road. Let's talk about summer gardening because right now it's time to think about tomatoes. You've been thinking about it. Well, guess what? Millburgers has fall tomatoes. They're here, and all the varieties that are recommended for our area are in six packs for just $2.99. So you've been chomping at the bit to get those tomatoes in the ground. Now's the time to head on over to Millburgers and get the varieties that do well in this area that you'll enjoy. Millburgers also has Vinca on sale, the Cora Series. 
this Texas superstar does well and doesn't have the common problems that other Vincas have. This week at Millburgers, you'll save on Pentas. Society Garlic is on sale in the number one container for just three eighty eight. Dwarf Mexican Petunia in the number one container is just three eighty eight. And Mexican Bird of Paradise looks gorgeous all around town in the number three container. It's just nineteen eighty eight. All this and the Bubba Desert Willow two for forty dollars at Millburgers Landscape Nursery sixteen oh four on Boulevardy Road. Welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Talk to you a second about termite and pest control. Spider-Man, termite and pest control. Warren Remy listens to this show. He may call in today, so we got to be nice to him when he calls in. But uh, he'll be nice to you if you're his customer at ter- Spider-Man, termite and pest control. Warren Remy has been doing this since 1970. Well, why do we have to be nice to him? Just because he's old? No, just because he's a nice guy. Oh, he is a nice guy. He is a nice guy. Yeah, well, everybody's a nice guy, <sighs> except Milton. You're obsessed with this old thing. Nah. Yeah. Anyway, it's the pot and kettle thing. Yeah, yeah. maybe so. Well, if you've got young uh, roaches, young fleas, old roaches, old fleas, old bugs in your house, Warren Remy and Spider-Man Pest Control can help you get rid of them. Uh, and if you've got mosquitoes running around the house, uh, he's got a number of different ways to uh, in the to, house. Around the house, just around. Oh, the house. oh, okay. He's got a number of ways to get rid of them. He's got uh, uh, the, the normal things they do, like the sprays. He's got the uh, some organic controls that you can try that he's had success with, and he's got the Into Care mosquito trapping system too, which is used here at Millburgers. They use it at Disney World, which is sort of like a bait. But he, I think that's why he's going to call in to tell us a little bit more about that. That's or good. I introduced dude. those to uh, San Antonio about a year ago, and. Uh, People love them. He's, he's had a big success with that. They like how well it works. They like the way it works. It's so, also a, a, a potential to uh, let you control mosquitoes without, yeah, without uh, spraying and uh, uh, killing which, uh, other yeah, stuff. Yeah, reducing the butterfly population. If he calls us, we'll ask him more about that. Spider-Man Termite and Pest Control 210-656-3721. 210-656-3721. On the line at GoSpiderManPest.com. That's GoSpiderManPest.com. Dot com. And Warren said it was a good show yesterday. So we did good. Carol is on the line. Help us out here with this one, uh, Trace, at 210-308-8867. Hey there, Carol. How can we help you today? Yep, Carol, you there? There she is. Yes, okay, what's going on? I'm calling about a plant that is in my yard. Uh, I'm on that plant shop. And it's called Agathis ovata. Can you give me any more information about it? Say it. Say that again. The Latin. Agus. Agathis. Agathis ovata. Hmm. Do you know a con- one of the com- common names? No, that's all they gave me on that uh, plant stock. What what does it do? Does it bloom? How long have you had it? Well, it's been there for years, and I just never knew what it was, but I didn't cut it down, and uh, it looks pretty, but it uh, all it does is has these uh, 
Well, they look like seeds that come out. And, um... It looks like it's got seed comes out of it? Well, I don't know if it's seeds. It, I'm trying to the think m- of the name. And reading uh, on Wikipedia, um... <laughs> it says the, uh... Agathis ovata, the mountain... Kari, K-A-U-R-I, a species of conifer. Oh, no, 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 no. What? Mark might know it. Do you know it? No, why not? It ovata, Mr. Mogato. Um. <laughs> and it, 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 does, it have, does it have needles or leaves? It's, it has uh-oh. leaves and... I, I think that I want to say it looks like it has berries yep. that are come off the, the inside Radio. of the plant. Uh oh. I don't know. It also says on Wikipedia it's only found in southwestern Southwest Pacific Island of New Caledonia. <laughs> and in her in her yard. It's her a, in, her, in her yard. Yeah. yeah no, it's like. Uh, what? It's like Norfolk Island pine, but it, it would have needles if it was Norfolk Island pine. No, it's not a pine. It's not a pine. Okay. Uh, uh, and did you did you plant it or did you come up? And some the somebody else did. It's been there. It's been there for some time. I've been in my home for over ten years, Hi. and. I just never left. Uh, yes, that would uh, the same family as Norfolk. You can put the headphones on. Oh, okay. Yeah. Never mind. Okay. Hang on. Put the head. Mark's going to put the headphones on. All right. Okay. Here we go. It's an endangered species. Yeah. So uh, there's a couple similar ones in Maui. Uh, oh, that particular it's the kauri, kauri tree. Thank you. And uh, uh, but yeah, it's mostly Southwest Pacific. Norfolk olive pine. There's a couple other ones. Monkey pod tree, over in Chile. Uh, very similar. So what? Are, what is your question about it? Well, just, uh, just more information. More, yeah, I wanted to know more information about it and uh, whether I just it, leave it alone or uh, I don't want to cut it down. No, you've you've uh, it's been successful for ten years. Yeah. Whatever you're doing, uh, it seems yeah, to be yeah. the thing to do. So it, yeah, it doesn't like real hot. Uh oh, or real cool. Uh, I think yours is in the shade, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I know. Like just keep it like, like that. Seems like it's growing pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Infrequent okay. deep watering, and and you should be okay. Okay, well, I have watered it in some time, so, uh, but it's still growing, and the leaves are nice and green, and uh, I just wanted to know more about it, and I didn't want to cut it uh, at all, and when well, I got you the not. Pictures, when Now I got you the- and Mark Peterson are our experts on it, so <laughs> <laughs> you've had 10 years' experience with it, and he yeah, if you really can, looked it up. If you can, since you know the scientific name, uh, look it up on the internet. Yeah, that's what I was doing. And there's there's some information on the internet. Yeah, yeah I, I have that on. 
I have that on plant shop, and it I it said that it only grows in uh, where is it New Caledonia? New Caledonia, yeah. yeah, the Southwest yeah. Pacific. Oh, that's what they that's all they know, huh? It's here in, yeah, in San Antonio. Yeah. Got, I don't know how it got in my yard, and uh, but it's been there for a long time, and it grows and. It, you know, it's on my neighbor's side as well, and it grows through my fence. And, but I just leave it alone, and um, but it's you, not uh, gone. Do you take pictures with your phone? Yes. You uh, would you be interested in taking a picture of that and sending it to yeah to us to Milton? You can send it to me if you like, and I'll send it to the guys. I just uh, it makes you made me curious now what it. Looks like. Is there potential uh, to be m- no. misnamed? Oh, uh, misnamed, yes. Um, and that's why, that's a good idea, Calvin. Uh, get a picture of it. Well, Can you take a picture? Just M-I-L-T-O-N, Milton, at K-L-U-P dot com. That's easy to remember. Yeah. yeah. And at I'll send K-L- it to the guys. K-L-U-P dot com. So the radio station that you're listening to dot com. Okay. Okie doke. Okay. Thank you very much. You bet. Thank you. That's pretty interesting. Eager to see it. Yep. All right. 210-308-8867. Thank you, Carol. Yes. Do you have a moment? I do. Did you uh, discuss Neil yesterday? I wasn't. Oh, I didn't listen geez. to the entire show. Uh, he was I Neil think I have mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, it was so bad that I was <laughs> defending him. Yeah. He started off uh, with, I don't okay. like the way he spells his name. <laughs> I mean, it's very. Okay, okay. How many did you talk did about the Esperanza? Yeah. Milton, by the way, there's no way you can burn foliage with a drop uh, of water. Yeah, we mentioned that. Yeah, he mentioned that. All right. I did, that, that really just gets under my, my saddle blanket. <laughs> oh, People say that. A, I was really, really irritated on that. that what, what, what? Jerry, Jerry was not as kind as you. Jerry was like, oh, hell no. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> why? Well, I was thinking about it. And, and, and then later on we talked about. The spots. Now, this is this is something for you. Uh, I'm assuming they're, they're going to be uh, small, circular, tannish reddish spots on on the leaves of the Esperanza. He never mentions it. What would you say? Small, tannish reddish spots in late summer, or I mean, late spring, early summer would be. Now you're not uh, going to say scale, sunburn? are you? Hmm? Sunburn? No, 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 no. Not scale, are you? No, 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 no. Because what would we say? Reddish, reddish. What oh, would reddish? Yeah. <laughs> Round, circular, reddish spots. Oh, are you, are you trying to think it's alternaria? The tomato disease? Well, yeah, well, yeah it's similar. It's, it's rust. Rust? Rust. Reddish. Oh, Round, okay, reddish yeah, spots, yeah. circular spots. Yeah. That easy mention that? No, no. Have you seen that on uh, yes. Esperanza before? Yeah, yeah. Huh. They get it all the time. Little, little tiny uh, black, reddish, or, or brown, reddish spots. I'll be done. Uh, all the time. Yeah, all the yeah. time. Uh, if folks that are used to seeing it on uh, 
Snapdragons. Yeah. It would certainly not be yeah, as big. Uh, and, not and, be yeah, as visible. And Russ, Russ is a very common fungi. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you never big. worry about it. Anyway, what was the other one? Ah, I'm not going to go in it. Thank too, you. Too, too, too many. You, 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 we appreciate you being nice to me. Um, well, you know, I did, I did <laughs> promise that for, for, for Lent. I said I was not going to do any Lent. You any broke need. that yeah. before the and, and I, Yeah, I did. I, 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 I don't I, know. I, I thought I, you made it. No, no. I thought on Easter you were like, oh, yeah, hey. I'm. Well, yeah, I was, but, uh, yeah. Well, Milton, these two guys have gotten to be pretty savage, haven't they? Yeah. No. <laughs> Jerry, and especially Jerry, he gets about seven publications oh. from Neil every week. Yeah, you know? There you go. Yeah. Uh, wait, no, the Neil's going to cut you the off. The last one. Did you talk about the figs yesterday? Yeah. The snakes? No, the figs. The fakes? Oh, yeah. Figs. <laughs> figs. Oh, oh figs. Figs. Figs, figs. 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 Sorry. Yeah. But so you're never wondering why she never had any. They turn, they, they said figs, but they never get right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, so go ahead and uh, cover that because uh, every a lot of people are harvesting figs like mad. So. Uh, well, I, I was assuming that they were getting ripe, but they were predators coming around, oh. uh, bir- birds and mammals, and just taking them all. Now, because, the- because figs in in, in San Antonio, um, it, it's not a question of uh, if you if you're going to get them, you just you may be getting too many of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I've got a, a that big plant and I, I've got some irrigation on it, and it has been unbelievable in terms of production. I, you always think for a while that you're gonna, the birds are gonna get everything, but pretty soon even the birds are overwhelmed and uh, by the figs. Uh, and other backs, Yeah, I'm just going to have one bite on each one, you know. And then, <laughs> but it's uh, Mark. Have you seen the uh, Jerry and I were talking about the the woodpeckers, the golden front of woodpeckers. When they get near, you know, they do the same thing with tomatoes. Mm-hmm. It's like there's a big fight in there and there's fruit flying in every different direction they just tear, tear it apart <laughs> and, and and i know we were talking about it. i was listening one one weekend um we were talking about the different woodpeckers oh, and yeah. yeah and and so uh, i think we said downies and ladderbacks what else do we uh the golden fronted ladderbacks and uh downies yeah um uh, some people probably see some hairy woodpeckers, but in my yard, it's those three. Yeah, there. yeah, that's that's what I always see. And then Jerry and then fl- is and then sapsuckers. Yeah, and sapsuckers. <laughs> that's what I call them. Yeah, he calls them all sapsuckers. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, Yellow-bellied sapsucker. But uh, there are some that are uh, out there too, but not as many, many as the yeah. as those other varieties. So, Mark, did you? Uh, I agree with the uh, Purple Martin. Uh, uh, the article, yeah, it was a very good article. We got a we got a uh, call, or we had a visitor. Milton and I were here a little. Yeah, early, he was he was all he, excited. Yeah, he came in. He just finished his golf game, and he says, "I just read that article, and there I was at Mitchell Lake, and there were the thousands of Purple Martins assembling, just like the, just like in the article." Uh, so uh, my, I think most neighborhoods are like ours. The last four or five days, there hasn't been anybody there. They're all getting ready for their trip south. 
they're, they're they're getting their luggage backed and their passports <laughs> got stamped. And yeah, and already this, those uh, English sparrows are fighting for the apartments. Yeah, we appreciate Calvin leaving the uh, houses up for an extra month so the sparrows can reproduce in that. Yeah. Can they can they reproduce in a month? If they started already. Okay. Hey, we got to take a quick break, and I think that woman wants to ask you a question. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Garden oh, in South no. Texas coming up <laughs> on 930 AM, The Answer. It's Milton Glick for Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 and Bull Road. Let's talk about summer gardening because right now it's time to think about tomatoes. You've been thinking about it. Well, guess what? Millburgers has fall tomatoes. They're here, and all the varieties that are recommended for our area are in six packs for just $2.99. So you've been chomping at the bit to get those tomatoes in the ground. Now's the time to head on over to Millburgers and get the varieties that do well in this area that you'll enjoy. Millburgers also has Vinca on sale, the Cora series. This Texas superstar does well and doesn't have the common problems that other Vincas have. This week at Millburgers, you'll save on Pentas. Society Garlic is on sale in the number one container for just $3.88. Dwarf Mexican Petunia in the number one container is just $3.88. And Mexican Bird of Paradise looks gorgeous all around town in the number three container. It's just $19.88. All this and the Bubba Desert Willow, two for $40 at Millburgers Landscape Nursery, 1604. Forum Boulevard Road. I ain't asking nobody for nothing. If I can't get it on my own. And welcome back to Millburgers. Like South Texas. On 9:30 a.m. The answer. While Calvin's answering question off the air with Mark's help. I'm going to talk to you about deck and patio care by Barry Hagendorf. Barry is what we call a deck geek. This man understands how to seal, how to repair, how to get that deck looking like new again. He spent, gosh, uh, since 1986 doing this, and uh, he's recommended by all kinds of folks in the business and recognized and recommended. Uh, and uh, you can uh, give him a call at 210-822-9147. But I suggest... You go to the website, deckandpatiocare.com, deckandpatiocare.com, and you can uh, just uh, take a look at the uh, before and after pictures, and you'll see your deck really can look new again, or that patio or pebblestone driveway can look new again. Give them a call, Deck and Patio Care by Barry Hagendorf. It's deckandpatiocare.com or 210-822-9147. All right, 210 210- 308-8867, the number to call, 210-308-8867. Yeah, we talked about a little bit about sod yesterday, and uh, I forgot to ask uh, Trace what his sod supply is. But uh hubs of chunks of San Augustine out there, but that's all I... Oh, is that right? Yeah, that's, uh, that was uh, this morning, in fact. Yeah, that a lot of people plants are. Now, um, with it being this hot, and we're supposed to set record heat for the next four to five days. Mm. So what are you worried about, the grass or the people that are uh, <laughs> trying to keep The grass, it? of course. Uh-huh. Uh, water in the morning, and you saw it. 
Uh, be sure to roll it after you put the sod down so you get good uh, Boy, that's the key. soil contact. And uh, water in the morning and in the evening for the first couple of weeks and until does, the mu- mu- roots are established. Yeah. It does not have to be a, a deep water. Yeah. You're, you're, you're just talking about that, <coughs> starting that root system out, and then you're watering frequently enough that it'll, it'll penetrate. But that, that key is you just don't let it dry out for that. Jerry says two weeks. We, we, we saw some good luck. Of course, it wasn't 104 degrees. Mm. <laughs> but, we, but we saw some success in years past with just a, a week of the two a day and then shift to one a day. But... The conservative thing would be, uh, well, now you're in drought restrictions, so you got to kind of watch yeah. that too. Uh, but uh, okay. plan on plan on the t- plan on the twice a day. Check out the the uh, restrictions. And make sure they allow. Yeah, you can't can't you uh, if you're putting in a whole new lawn, can't you get a, a de- 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 what do you call it? Potentially uh, you can deferment deferment. Yeah, potentially you can. <clears throat> so you want to but check? But you got to start early. Yeah, you want to check that out. I I don't think they'd ha- have a problem with you starting out a little early, but uh, make sure you check that out before you commit too much. And uh, because of the extreme heat, record-breaking heat, I'm uh, warning everybody. Uh, even though our tomatoes are grown in full sun. And they're uh, they're displayed in full sun, and uh, I would recommend during this heat spell to keep if you got them in containers now, uh, keep them keep them in a morning sun afternoon shade uh, section for a while. If you've already planted. Go ahead and put a board or or something on on the uh, west side of of the tomato plant. I've even seen it kind of even works if you have a if the plants are well relatively small. You have a cement block at one end of the row and at the other end, and a, just a board across there too will help. Yeah, keep that and that keeps. Uh, well, three or four hours of that sun off. Of yeah, that yeah. So that's uh, all it takes, and, it, and you're watering. Yeah. I often uh, refer to uh, <clears throat> Mr. Henry Verstraden, who used to grow, uh, well, I was a commercial vegetable grower here. And uh, when he retired, uh, quote, unquote, uh, he, he had a, a nice vegetable garden. And uh, he would put his tomatoes out in the fall, and at, at noon every day, he would uh, cover them with a bucket, uh, you know, a mm-hmm. five-gallon bucket or something like that, yeah. all all the way till night, and then uncover them at night or in the morning. And uh, he always had the best fall tomatoes of anybody. Well, especially, I guess, a light-covered uh Light-colored plastic <coughs> bucket would work slick, too. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of those five-gallon buckets are that, like a, a white one. Yeah. That would really be good. I haven't tested this, but uh, back when we, Malcolm Beck and I were looking at uh, 
roll covers for putting around cages to keep the insects out mm-hmm. and disease. Um, we tried it in the fall. We used it in the fall, too. And, uh, of course, uh, and Malcolm said, <laughs> I, I think he made this up, but uh, it, it, he had the, pr- had the uh, fruit to prove it. Uh, is that he covered with that uh, tra- uh, grow web material cloth. They call it a row cover. Uh, in the in the in the high heat of the summer, uh, when he put out new transplants, and he said it protected them from the sun. Uh, he he claimed. <laughs> uh, we never did pursue it, but he claimed that it diffused the sunlight. In other words, it, it's translu- It's a translucent cloth. So uh, he ch- he claimed that it gave him some uh, heat protection. So, uh, without getting too technical on it, we can, I think, we can assure people <clears throat> that you can do some afternoon shading without hurting your. Oh, oh, yeah, that doesn't hurt your yeah, plants. Especially for until during this heat sp- yeah. hot spell. Now, if you, we've got pea pot plants, tomato plants. Bufta. And they need, uh, they need to be potted up in gallon yeah. containers. Uh, they're very difficult to, to uh, establish, uh, especially for home gardeners, unless you've got a drip system that you can run an hour every day. And the the drip hose is right there on the on the new newly planted plant. I suppose you could put a tent out there and let, and sit under the tent and then do hand water there <laughs> constantly, huh? Get yeah. The, well, the drip the uh, what what is the regulations on uh, drip hose? Actually, uh, uh, I think in stage one drip hose is. Uh, we'll have to check with Mark. But at some point, uh, it goes under the category of, uh, of the same as sprinkler system. Anyway, a lot of people use drip irrigation. Well, and then uh, we, the reason we're mentioning that is because uh, to a horticulturist, that's the mo- most efficient, and you save a lot of water. San Antonio yeah. Water System, uh, uh, some of the folks there question whether that's actually true, if you save any water. What? They question whether that's true? Yeah. And they were mad. Every university in the United States that have tested drip irrigation, California being the leader. They had enough they had enough uh, information that they changed the restrictions. So we'll have to we'll have to s- They're they're getting their information from the wrong places. Anyway, uh now I, with that said on these peat pots all of our uh, fall variety trials of tomatoes in the past 30 years have been planted uh, using pea pots, okay? So uh, don't, don't come up with all that business about uh, they never grow out of the peat pots. The roots never grow out of the peat pots. But uh, that's another story. But... Uh, the reason they did so well at, at Versus and at the farmers that we tested them with in the fall, even when it was hot, is that they had plenty of water. They kept, they kept them 
moist all the time, all the all the way to wet. We lost Mark. I was going to. We were. I wanted to pursue that a little bit on the, but, the restrictions. Yeah, but uh, uh, anyway, the uh, you can the, go to the, the uh, San Antonio can, Water can, System yeah. we- website. Yeah, you can grow. Uh, well, the neat thing about drip irrigation, Calvin, especially if you put it on the mulch. How are you going to tell if it's on or not? Well, they tell me that that water comes out of the <laughs> out of a pipe. Uh, yeah, but from, and that it get, and there's even technology now, and I don't know the extent of it. It's applied, but there is technology that they can actually tell you if your water use is uh, has a strange pattern. Okay. Well, suppose suppose I have a case of diarrhea or something. Well, then they'll then and I they'll, use use more water. Well, and then they'll say, "Okay, that's a legitimate use of diarrhea." Okay. And uh, but re- but and in and fact, also, I don't have diarrhea, and I'm using drip irrigation. <laughs> and uh, hand watering is a is a le- legitimate use. There is some yeah question about uh, system irrigations. Okay. Kevin was the champion of drip irrigation. Back in the, uh, well, back st- when this ruling was made, as, I'm, I'm still as ch- I understand it. Yeah, I'm still a, still a champion of it. <laughs> um, and uh, it's, but I, I think the atti- attitude has a little bit changed about food production to vegetable gardens versus yeah uh, or- ornamentals. So that there's a there's a whole bunch of issues that have changed, Jerry. Yeah. As you well know from when we. Back in the old days. But the neat thing about drip irrigation, using it in the fall for uh, tomatoes and things like that, is when you first establish them, you need to water them every day for about an hour. And you can only do that simply with drip irrigation. All right, guys, i got to take a break. 210-308-8867. No. We'll talk more about drips in a second. Uh-oh. 210-308. No, no. 210-308. Yes, it is. No, no. Don't mess with me. 210-308-8867. War of Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Coming up with Dr. Calvin Finch and Dr. Jerry Parsons. I'm Milton Glick. This is The Answer. Millburgers Gardening South Texas is sponsored by Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. We're back with Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Once again, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, Milton Glick, and your calls on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. The answer, 210-308-8867 is our number, 210-308-8867. Carol, if you sent that picture, send it again. I'm, I'm looking forward. It. It's, it didn't come through. So uh, send it one more time, and I'll respond that I got it. Uh, it uh, got a message from Al saying that you'd sent it, but uh, I'm not seeing it yet. So 210-308-8867. All right. Trace is back up here, and I'm excited to learn that he's got fire spikes. Yes, we do. I think that's a plant that, uh, in, Un- fa- in fact, uh, underrated or underused. Yeah, yeah. And I, uh, at one, uh, 20 years ago, I recommended it to be a fire, a, a, a superstar. 
Weren't, Texas Superstar. Weren't you in control then? Huh? Weren't you in control then? No. Okay. I, uh, and uh, uh, Greg Grant, that lowdown, uh, blocked it. Uh, what? Wouldn't let me make it a so you didn't Texas like, Superstar. You didn't like the red or what? <laughs> Well, I, uh, I, I, I'm afraid I'm in the same camp with uh, Greg. I think it's overstated. The, the bloom period is uh, in the fall, limited, and uh, in the fall when but, but the how many birds are coming. How many things that bloom red actually grow in the shade? Yeah. Well, let's see, pentas. <laughs> uh, and you're about done. No, <laughs> but is that is that the? How often does the fire bush? I mean, the fire spike bloom. Well, it's like fire. a two two three month in the fall. In the fall, yeah. Well, there's when some, the hummingbirds are coming through, there are some beautiful ones down on the river walk. Yeah, that have been a lot. They never freeze back. Okay. Yeah. Now, if see, because mostly here at Millburgers, we have them over there in that corner. And how often have you seen them in bloom? They buy them as soon as they go into bloom. <laughs> yeah, or before they go into bloom. Well, I don't, don't see, think. I see, think you're overstated. See what I up against? Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> but I grew, I grew it for it's years. A, it's a great, it's a great inside plant <laughs> if you like foliage. Yeah, uh, it's, oh. uh, but it blooms beautiful bloom red, tubular flowers no. in the fall. For and a little while, when the when the uh, hummingbirds are coming, through. I think you meant covered porch. And my oh, okay. <laughs> my hummingbirds, my, my hummingbirds seem to like to feed in the shade I in don't, the I don't, hot fall. I don't blame them. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I I, t- I took that thing to Tennessee. I think I've told this story before, but I took it to Tennessee. And uh, worked with Dr. Sam McFadden, who came up with flare, hibiscus, and a lot of other good things. But uh, he was in, he was in a uh, uh, let me see, I don't want to say nursing home. It was a retirement center. How's that? Uh, and assisted he, living. <laughs> yeah, assisted living. That's good. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> oh, not old folks' home, right? No. Right. Well, rel- <laughs> relative, relatively old. But uh, <clears throat> anyway, he took those fire spikes. Uh, he he did a lot of research in Florida, and he was familiar with the plant. And he took those plants in the, uh, potted them up, took them in, indoors, and put them by, next to a sunny window. And those things bloomed all winter long. Can, can Indoors. Fl- can Florida make it a Texas superstar? <laughs> I don't know if they, do, if they do can or not. But uh, like I said, I was intrigued. <laughs> it's funny how things happen. But uh, like I said, I got a question from a lady that had a purple fire spike. And, of course, I jumped out of my chair when I saw that. And uh, I, I was going to ask her where she got it. <laughs> if I remember correctly, it was planted the weekend about uh, two years, maybe yeah. three years ago. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we're going to have some more. And uh, and we've got, fire, we got fire, fire spike now that you can plant now in the shade. To bloom this fall. If, to bloom in the fall. But uh, the Texas superstars don't like to 
They don't like to de- deal with plants that only bloom once in the years. Well, and then then there's a little bit of the shorter season like Amarillo and Lubbock and those places. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a little it hard to probably freeze out. Yeah. But it. Uh, I will. I will never say that Greg or you are right. Yeah. You understand? <laughs> the I'm not saying that. Never. Now you're t- you're right. You won't even say that Neil is right. Yeah. <laughs> the hummingbirds do love it when it's blooming. Oh yeah, they they flock to it. But anyway, we got some and got some purple coming, so I'm I'm a happy happy camper. That'll be good. Um, and then, I did that under a pecan tree. I think y'all had suggested that was the kind of the perfect place because in the winter and the fall it would be just, you know it lose its leaves so it would get sun but and it would be protected in the that's summer columbines what's that no you're thinking of columbine no, no you we, told we, me to plant we sold him a fire spike for that yeah oh, okay thank you trace <laughs> but do you we saved do, him, do we do still do columbine is it too hard to get or no they're hard uh, to find i don't want to bring it up okay yeah, that's let's change the subject it's just sad we're working on a, a – Greg wrote up a, a, an article on uh, uh, how we got fi- found the Columbine and and got it promoted and got it to where it would uh, grow so, – so a, a wholesale nursery could grow them in quantity. And uh, for, it worked for several years, 10 years maybe. And uh, then we ran into, we, we, we would ship the seed to uh, Colorado where they had cooler nighttime temperatures, and they would grow the seedlings and ship them back to us in uh, uh, October. And uh, we then uh, that we'd pot them up, our color spot would pot them up, Lone Star before that. And uh, they'd be in full bloom in February, which the nursery would sell the hell out of. Well, we ran into a situation <laughs> that we didn't realize, and they have to be vernalized. In other words, the plant has to be exposed to a cold, cold temperature, cooler temperature, to set a bloom, to set a bloom bud. And uh, Colorado missed that vernalization mm. process about three years in a row and uh, color, color spot threw away thousands of uh, yeah. non-blooming plants. Even though that foliage is attractive. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So anyway. But on that, plant, on that plant swapping note, yeah, uh, they don't do it anymore because uh, at least one of the two has been out of business, but there was a, a cactus growing operation, I think it was called Sorensen in Canada. Oh, Lord. And they used to swap cactus with this little growing operation that was south of, south of town. I can't remember the name of it. Not uh, also. No, 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 not that south. Uh, but anyway, they, they had a, an issue where they had to take the cactus rooting, did one better in one spot than it did the other. So they did it for them, and then they did some other cactuses for them. So they were swapping cactuses regularly so that they could both have ones to sell. They were all green in greenhouses, right? Oh, in Canada. And I'm sure in Canada they were, yeah. Because <laughs> I don't think there's any. There are some more cold-tolerant cacti. And, uh, but, uh, not, but not, not Canada. Canada. Or, <laughs> or Minnesota, Cal. But uh, 
Yeah, they, we we work hard to to get this. Uh, Trace is looking at a leaf that I don't think we discussed this. He was uh, busy. No, uh, <laughs> the Meyer lemon. Yeah, talk about that. Yeah, Meyer lemon. A lady before the show started brought up some leaves of, uh, from a Meyer lemon tree and a bush. She called it, and uh, yeah, it was very upset mm-hmm. that. Uh, <laughs> That her whole tree, you know, I mean, the whole tree is showing this damage. I said, oh, wait a minute now. <laughs> what, it, what it was is a leaf miner damage. It's wait. a minor damage. Oh, you know? nice. Uh, a minor insect. And uh, it's, it's that same thing that it gets on your was, tomato leaves. Was he trying to be funny? I think <laughs> yeah. he was. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, this is uh, so common on Meyer Lemon that when I came into the conversation, I could even they, they, the leaves are all crumpled up. Yeah, even without tell, my glasses, it, when people bring that in, I, yeah, I, I already know tell. what it is. Don't even have to put my yeah. put them on. <laughs> and so uh, Calvin's response to her, by the way, was, "Welcome to the club." <laughs> <laughs> it was nice. He's so sympathetic, yeah, he was. <laughs> Mr. Empathy. That's what they call him. But uh, this has not been a real problem around here and by, by real problem i mean it doesn't defoliate the tree not life-threatening and i've seen it defoliate the trees in uh in the valley really it, it, it can sometimes get very bad uh-huh. in the valley real grand valley but uh she said the, her tree was the whole tree was like this i said now what percentage of the of the bloom of the leaves have shown this symptom and she was hesitating i said 10 percent or 15 percent or 25 percent and she said 15 percent and the rest of the tree is as clean as a whistle well and the, the other other thing you notice with this you know the symptom of the the, the insect is pretty obvious but the, the nice color, leaf color here, yeah, is a really indication that she's doing a real good job in terms of watering and fertilization. And she was playing, spraying with liquid soap or something. We're trying to get her liquid soap, and I told her there's no insecticide uh, that you can kill that little larvae that. Well, the odds are he's already gone by the time it. they even notice it. No. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. sometimes you can see them. If it's a bad infestation, you can look at the trail that, that they leave in the leaf and actually see it expanding. In other words, you're eating the inside of that leaf out. And so I told her the control, the only control that she has is to, to remove all those leaves that show damage and dispose of them. In other words, it's a little fly that hatches. The larvae eats the insides of the leaves out, a uh, leaf out, and makes little trails in it, like it does on your tomatoes and beans. So, I've seen it. So, for those beans. of you who don't know what he's talking about, try to remember the old exosketch thing that we had as kids. Yeah. And you make the little squiggles and try to make a picture, and it's never quite right. It's just yeah. Kind of all wiggly. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sad. Do you remember that, Milton? No. Is that an old person thing? You no, know, I remember Etch-a-Sketch. They still have them. Uh, I we'll, had we'll it get, with my kids, too. We'll, we'll get you one. 
We'll get you a little extra. No, I remember. They have, they have little baby ones now, too, that are itty-bitty. Anyway, I told them to, told them to pick the leaf off and dispose of even. them. Yeah. And that would break the cycle of the leaf, of the wasp. Now this, yeah, and it, it uh, the leaves may some of the leaves may fall off, but uh, uh, they've just been damaged too much. And it hasn't been a bad last couple of years for no. these either. Past uh-huh. years we've had uh, a lot of trees that have been. And they, and they do tend to go to the new growth, right? Yeah, yeah. The the it's tender on their lips, uh, uh, trace. They, uh, they, uh, now that's that's uh, that's the remedy for the for the uh, for the citrus, but about uh, ten ten to twelve years ago, we had this out had an outbreak on on commercial bedding plants where they would get on the young, very young tomato plant. And make those, make those trails. Do you remember that? No, I can't <laughs> say I do. Uh, the uh, and of course that would make them unsellable because people wouldn't buy them with those little little, little trails in them, and and also the leaf would crinkle, and so uh, they were a real problem. Uh, our local grower here and, and us found out. Uh, Found out through some research that a product that controlled flies in chicken litter uh, would control those leaf mice. But of course, you get that, that's a commercial product, and uh, he eliminated the the problem that year, and I don't think it ever happened again. But uh, on a on a bedding plant. One leaf miner on the plant uh, makes the customer not want it. So uh, they can be a, a problem, especially, like I said, in the valley. Uh, they've, they have been a, a critical problem. The interesting thing was when we were trying to find out how to control those things, we were using a systemic called orthene. Yep, <laughs> called Orthene to try to get rid of the leaf miner. We still have it, by the way, just it's not called Orthene. Yeah, right, right. Uh, the, the, uh, but we went to a, 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 a horticulture seminar, and the, the guy, guy was talking about uh, leaf miner control and uh, to, to make sure he had a good population of leaf miners and nothing else, he was spraying with orthene. And not killing the leaf miners, but it would kill all the other insects. So uh, we had to, we, we gave up that program of orthene spraying for leaf miners. But it, it, they can be a serious problem. But uh, just for the homeowner, just uh, pick off the damaged leaves and... Uh, and try to break the life cycle. Well, and the leaves look so garish that that yeah, yeah. She was she, she was clearly upset because yeah. <laughs> she was trying to do everything right and organic and everything else. And she was doing you know the look of the leaves. And everything <laughs> other than, yeah, the other than the leaf miners. That's interesting that uh, you've only seen them on lim- on your lemons. 
Is yeah. I'm trying to think of, I've seen them on, maybe they've been on limes and satsumas and grapefruit. Well, I've seen them on grapefruit trees. Okay. Uh, even the, uh, this, this year, a few. But not, lemons is the most common thing. Okay. And we, right. we mentioned yesterday. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> We mentioned yesterday about uh, check on your citrus. We're citrus headquarters here. But if you planted citrus or in several past years you planted citrus and they're established and growing real good and maybe have some small fruit on them, uh, be sure to keep them watered during this drought. Now I, I mentioned yesterday that uh, I used to used to wait till my Asian jasmine wilted, and uh, when that wilts, you're dry, buddy, because that's that's a that's a small tree on growing on the ground. But uh, uh, this this year I've got a nice fruit set, evenly distributed among the tree, and I'm gonna uh, probably water them weekly. So I have to, to inter- keep them I have to interject here. Go ahead. We are citrus cent- central, but most of the citrus growers don't have any citrus at the moment. Oh. Let me rephrase that. All the citrus growers don't have any citrus for sale right now until fall. So we are out of lemons and limes, but we still got grapefruits and different types of oranges and some others too. But okay. Lemons and limes, we are out. You got a few satsumas, don't you? Uh, yes, sir. Okay. Um. Yeah. Um. I, I don't know if people know it, or we've mentioned it several times, but only citrus grown in Texas can be sold in Texas. Yep. Uh, that's a law to prevent, try to prevent the spread of that uh, greening d- disease. They, they, uh, they overregulated it, I guess, and so now there's only two citrus growers left in the state. Right, right. Mm. So we're at their mercy. Yeah. So... Uh, be patient with us, but uh, 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 Trace does a good job. Uh, I'll buy them in, all. In keeping a <laughs> That's why other people don't have them, Trace. That's, okay I'm, I'm selfish <laughs> for but, my customers. But the, there you go. The citrus you got left. Look how dark green oh, they they're are. Beautiful. Nice. Yeah. But uh, anyway. All right, 210-308-8867. we got to take a break. While we do, you give us a call at 210-308-8860. Toll free outside of San Antonio. It's 866-308-8867. More in a moment on 930 AM, The Answer. Hi, it's Milton Glick for Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. Let's talk about summer gardening because right now it's time to think about tomatoes. You've been thinking about it. Well, guess what? Millburgers has fall tomatoes. They're here, and all the varieties that are recommended for our area are in six packs for just $2.99. So you've been chomping at the bit to get those tomatoes in the ground. Now's the time to head on over to Millburgers and get the varieties that do well in this area that you'll enjoy. Millburgers also has Vinca on sale, the Cora Series. 
Vincas. This Texas superstar does well and doesn't have the common problems that other Vincas have. This week at Millburgers, you'll save on Pentas. Society Garlic is on sale in the number one container for just three eighty-eight. Dwarf Mexican Petunia in the number one container is just three eighty-eight. And Mexican Bird of Paradise looks gorgeous all around town in the number three container. It's just nineteen eighty-eight. All this and the Bubba Desert Willow two for forty dollars at Millburgers Landscape Nursery, sixteen oh four on Boulevardy Road. <laughs> Welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. And we talked about BSG, a security company and a smart home company right here in San Antonio. And that's important uh, because when you uh, see other companies, oftentimes they're located out of town, out of state, even out of country. And uh, the folks at BSG are right here in San Antonio. If you've got a problem, if you've got a question, you call right here and speak to someone who's in San Antonio. Go to BSG Texas to learn all the stuff that they do and see the great reviews of BSG as well. The number is 210-877-1222, 210-877-1222 for BSG Texas. And you can find out about the uh, all kinds of stuff. We're going to see if we can have them on next year or next week, rather, to talk about. Uh, Jim's going to come on and talk about the... Um, Systems they have for irrigation to make a smart irrigation system for your home and your yard, or to uh, maybe if you've got you're worried about this is kind of cool if you're worried about uh, leaving town or something and your water going off or you're outside and the the uh, the a, a pipe burst or something happens they've got a little device that give you some security that uh, kind of will cut off the water if you uh, if it starts flooding. <coughs> At your home. That's a good thing. Yeah, it is a good thing. And they're a great company to work with. And oftentimes, too, you go go look at the reviews of the other guys, and you'll see how poorly they treat their customers. Then go look at the reviews at bsgtexas.com or just the Google reviews, and you'll see what a great job they do. 210-877-1222. 210-877-1222 to get your next smart home security system. Here's the other thing. They're better. And oftentimes they're 20 to 30% cheaper than the other guys. So it's BSG at BSGTexas.com. Well, your show before this show yeah. talked about uh, home security devices. Oh, did it? Uh, with uh, the, with uh, the real life? Pets. Oh. Schnauzers and oh, parrots. That, uh, those are your home security <laughs> systems? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. They're 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 fourteen ninety nine a month. How much is your schnauzer costing you? <laughs> a lot more than that. Yeah, there you go. Just so, for food. But your schnauzer gives you other things. Yeah, he's my he's yeah. my he's my buddy. He won't tell you if the water bursts in the house no, while you're away. No. Well, all right. Hey, we got be, be swimming in it. <laughs> just on his back in a little flotation device. <laughs> Jeff is on the line at two one zero two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Welcome, Jeff. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? I'm doing quite well. Um, Good. I've got some Theralis in my backyard. Uh, it's grown four and a half feet tall. It's probably six feet wide. And I noticed at the entrance to our neighborhood early this spring, they cut their Theralis back. Um, all the leaves were gone. It was just woodstocks. Um, it, it leafed back out. But it appears that all of the energy in the plant went into leafing it, 
because it's still barely showing any yellow flowers at all. Uh, my question is, I want to cut mine back. They, they have they have taken over basically, and I'm curious if I cut them back now, um, will I do any damage? And could I get a jump start on next spring to where it would start flowering more when it normally does, or am I going to just be stuck with this losing a year of flowering whenever I cut this thing back? Well, I think. My, my my feeling is that the ideal time to cut it back is in is in the winter time. You can cut it to the ground because quite often it'll freeze back. Although it's not as sensitive to cold as as uh, Esperanza right. points in. <clears throat> they used to have a, a planting of them at the entrance to uh, Color Spot Nursery out on uh, out toward Von Army, uh, and uh, they they let theirs. They're beautiful all summer long into the fall, and then uh, either they they don't let them. I, I like Calvin said. Uh, of course, they're colder down in there next to the Medina River, uh, but uh, they cut theirs to the ground every year, and they come out and bloom and grow until they're six or eight feet tall. I don't think you'd kill them if you do do it. No. I wouldn't do it now. Yeah, I think uh, the best thing is uh, if you can stand it, just wait until uh, that winter time or, yeah. or early spring. Are you in a deer neighborhood? Um, we were when we moved in, but there's been so much development. I have not seen any deer around oh. here in do you miss probably them? a year. No. I, I bet <laughs> we could bring get you one. Yeah, we'll get our neighbors. We've got neighbors that would probably provide some. Where are you that uh, the development is so thick to keep out the deer? Um, we moved into the heights of Stone Oak in 2017, and you had to be careful driving home at night um, oh, because yeah. they were out. And, and, yeah. But once the last homes got built, um, like I say, it's probably been six to eight months. Since I've seen one, and and we used to see a half a dozen of them walking around virtually oh, yeah. every evening. Uh, maybe maybe a Cajun moved into the neighborhood, <laughs> Milton. <laughs> that would have gotten rid well, of them yeah, here. That's that's good lean meat, I understand too. <laughs> After the hurricane, I thought uh, with all those Cajuns moving over there, they'd know the, what to do with those the deer. deer population. Would... <laughs> but anyway, well, I'll, anyway, I'll I would. I wouldn't cut them down now. Okay, wait till December, January, ish, February. Uh, they're how, t- how tall are they now? Six um, feet. They're between four and a half and five feet tall, and probably six to eight feet in diameter. Yeah. Oh, wow. No, I wouldn't. Wouldn't cut them back. They're, they're small. The ones out at Color Spot were six or seven feet tall. Uh, yeah, mine. Now okay. mine have uh, mine have wilted from this. Heat. Yeah, and the blooms are kind of, just kind of faded. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's the, the, these uh, for the last three years. They, they started blooming in in May, and they would bloom clear up into late September. Yeah, and they're not quite as voracious this year as they've been in the past. Uh-huh. But the ones yeah. up at the entrance. Um, they have, greened up. Have they frozen? They look beautiful, but there's like 
10 flowers on each one, and, and I just thought, okay, maybe that's just the price you pay when you cut them back. It's, you've got to go through a season of it putting out leaf, and then the next year you'll get the flowers that you're accustomed to. I don't imagine they water them, do they? At the I, I don't know if there's an underground system there or not. I never see much wilting of anything up there, so I'm assuming hmm. that they have something. Yeah. Uh, okay. Never see any water trucks, so I'm assuming they I don't, got something. I, yeah, I, I never water mine. Okay. But uh, so so All if, right. you, well, can, if you can, it, yeah, if you can, wait wait until a little later. Okay, I will do that. Thank you. Good luck. Yeah. Bye. All right. Well, that'll free up a line at two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Give us a call and tell us what's going on in your gardening world at two one zero. 308-8867. A lot of people uh, uh, got caladiums earlier on yeah. in the year. And uh, maybe coleus and basil and uh, lamb's ear, some of those plants. When they flower, after they flower, uh, they stop uh, if if they flower they stop uh, further production of desirable foliage so uh, you want to take those flowers off and especially if they uh, produce seed you know sometimes you'll have a big old seed pot on top of a of a caladium and ba- and uh, basil yeah that'll oh yeah the good the good news is that the seed re Re uh, sprouts pretty quickly, but it's it's best if you like the taste of that foliage. You just keep, like Jerry said, keep those blooms pruned off of there, and uh, keep the foliage, keep working at the foliage, using it. Yeah, <laughs> I had uh, I had to laugh at uh, Neil Sperry's uh, weekly uh, newsletter which I religiously read and use on this program. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Much to his chagrin. Yeah. He, he said, uh, on the lookout, grasshoppers devouring foliage of vegetables, ornamentals, and ornamentals. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Spray should be applied in a downward sweep, sweep to coat the pest as they try to fly away. I never thought about that. And then let your Texas certified nursery professional show you the products available for their control. Anybody that's writing that <laughs> has not had had grasshopper problems. Big grasshoppers, yeah. Because yeah. that's, that's like trying to control Godzilla. Yeah. I mean, they... They migrate in. You kill uh, the grasshopper. You kill the ones that are there, and then the new ones that fly in eat the ones that you just killed, and uh, start on your plants. Mm. So there's nothing to control them with except <laughs> uh, guineas and peacocks. Oh, okay. Guineas and peacocks will eat the, eat the dickens out of them. Hey, well, Mark is on the line at 210 308 8867. Purple Martins when they were here. Oh, will they? Cool. The little, hey, Mark. The little, no. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How can we help you today? 
Yes, sir. Thank you. Um, about two years ago, I live in Timberwood Park, and I had a, I'm not sure the, the kind of oak tree I had, I have, but uh, it was about 10, 15 feet tall, and I dug about nine inches down to get to the root flare, and I finally found it. So that helped it grow a little bit, you know, uh, the next couple of years. Do you recommend, as far as deep watering the tree, since the root flare is so low, so deep in the ground, digging holes I've seen on the canopy of the tree, 24 inches deep with PVC with holes in it, as far as getting the water yeah, down? Uh, so it was a planted tree, right? No, yes, sir. No, I moved in and the tree was there. Planted it too deep. Yeah, those yes, roots won't stay. Those roots won't stay down there very long, though. I mean, they're gonna, yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna be heading up to the, uh, to the f- surface of the. And so, how did you say ten years you've been out there? No, I've been there. I dug. I found the root flare about two years ago, and I dug down about nine to ten inches into the soil until I ha- found the root flare. So it's like a big bowl around the tree. Yeah, well, you you kept it for you. You probably kept it from dying, and you. Yeah, I guess so. You probably it didn't grow for years. It never grew, and then I figured out. I heard about root flares, and I finally found it. Yeah, that'll work. But I didn't know about water. I'll I'll bet since that your root system too is uh, expanded, right, and also moved up towards the surface. So I, I don't. You got that much soil, 10, 10 inches or 12 inches yes. of soil? Yes, I, I wow. dug. It took me a couple of hours to get down. and well, Not a couple of hours, but an hour or two, and then I finally found the. It was amazing. And this was two years ago, and the tree has grown exponentially since. Oh, yeah. I don't, but, I don't, think, you, I don't think you have to dig holes to get the water down there. No. I think you, oh, just, okay. apply, you just apply water to that surface, and that tree is... It's probably there, the feet of roots. Yeah, right, right out around your... Uh, uh, the canopy? Mechan- yes, yeah. the yeah. edge of the canopy. Yeah, beyond your the- uh, root area. And you can, yeah. use, what you, can, you can use either a soaker jo- hose or okay. uh, some type of drip hose that you can barely turn on and okay. maybe even let it run overnight to soak in. But okay. if you've got soil... <laughs> you you didn't use any dynamite to uh, dig that no. hole. No, I had yes. a piece of twenty inch rebar and a scoop <laughs> shovel, and I just yeah. kept digging and digging, and finally got it. Finally found yeah, the roof there. It was a I live over else. there where they got so much rock that it I've used up several uh, bars, digging uh-huh. bars. Yeah, uh, I had that too. Solid but now I was looking on the rock, but yeah. No, it was, it was, it was, I was just amazed. I kept digging and digging and I measured it. It was 10 inches when I finally found it. So just regular soaker, soaker hose watering. No need to dig two feet into the ground with. Yeah, I like that. I like that uh, soaker hose, the, uh, what do they call it? Uh, Not not soaker hose, but uh, sprinkler, sprinkler hose. No. Don't they call it that? No, what do Uh, we call it? I call it the. (laughs) <laughs> you, you turn it over. Yeah, right. Uh, gosh, I want to say sweat, but that's not. Yeah. You you know what we're talking about? Yes, that's I do. Super, I do. Yeah. Pl- plastic got holes yeah. on one side. Yeah. And the, yes, it's yes. A, some people call it soaker holes, too. So. Yeah. And what you're okay. after is just that slow release of the water, not not right. going up into the air. Right. 
It's just going okay. directly to the surface. Turn it upside down. The uh, All right, then. Yeah, and, be, okay, uh, well, yes, sir. and, I, and you're talking about a, uh, infrequent but deep watering. Yeah. You did okay. good. You did good well, yeah. finding that root flare. Mark Peterson <laughs> oh, yeah. would be happy with you. I was, I was not going to lie. I was proud of myself. I was like, <laughs> wow, I finally, finally got to it. So, well, all right then. Well, I'll do that then. I won't dig any, uh, I don't need to dig any holes around the canopy. Okay, good, right. de- good deal. Thanks, um, sir. Thank you very much. Right. Yes, there you go. That'll free up a line at 210-308-8867 where Tom is on the line. Hey there, Tom. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How you doing today? Tom, you there? He's trying to figure out how he's doing today. Oh, okay, Tom. Well, <laughs> we'll give you one more chance to tell us how you're doing today. Come on, Tom. Tom, no, you there? Tell us how uh, you're Tom, doing. Tom, we lost you. So call us right back so we can get you right oh. back at 210-308-8867. In fact, Tom, we're going to take a whole break right now to give you a chance to do that. 210-308-8867. More in a moment on 930 AM, The Answer. Hi, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. Let's talk about summer gardening because right now it's time to think about tomatoes. You've been thinking about it. Well, guess what? Millburgers has fall tomatoes. They're here, and all the varieties that are recommended for our area are in six packs for just $2.99. So you've been chomping at the bit to get those tomatoes in the ground. Now's the time to head on over to Millburgers and get the varieties that do well in this area that you'll enjoy. Millburgers also has Vinca on sale, the Cora series. This Texas superstar does well and doesn't have the common problems that other Vincas have. This week at Millburgers, you'll save on Pentas. Society Garlic is on sale in the number one container for just $3.88. Dwarf Mexican Petunia in the number one container is just $3.88. And Mexican Bird of Paradise looks gorgeous all around town in the number three container. It's just $19.88. All this and the Bubba Desert Willow, two for $40 at Millburgers Landscape Nursery, 1604 on Boulevardy Road. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. The answer, Milton Glick, along with Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, talking gardening with you at 210-308-8867. Tom, you didn't call us back. Call us back, Tom. <laughs> we lost you. We're sorry. Give us a call back. 210-308-8867. As the, as the program is winding down here, uh, we want to mention what we mentioned yesterday. And uh, it was demonstrated to us just a few minutes ago when a hummingbird came to the water fountain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mean, that's, what is that, uh, six feet away from me yeah. or less? And uh, he wasn't bothered with me at all. He was after that water. He was trying to, yeah. He was figuring out the best vantage point for getting access. <laughs> and he's got, it looks like he was kind of, like Jerry mentions, enjoying the sprinkler before he actually got, <laughs> went in and got his drink of water. Yeah. Is that, was that a Rufus? A brown no, all over. No, I think, I think it was a uh, female uh, or a, a young uh, black chin. 
Okay, okay. Yeah, because a lot, there are a lot of young black chins around right now. It it wasn't uh, a word about us at all. No. Worried about that water. Well, and I'm sure mo- a lot of our uh, listeners, too, are seeing lots of hummingbirds if they're in neighborhoods like ours. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, they went from being territorial while they were nesting. Now they're young and, and everybody else, all the nesting birds are loose and they're spending a lot of time at the feeders and going through a lot more feed. Yeah. And a lot more sugar water. And uh, Calvin made a good point yesterday. Was talking about uh, if your children are at home, well, well they're out for summer now. Uh, having them maintain a water fountain, a water, water, what bird bath, bird bath, with even <clears throat> even without a recirculating. But you can get it's amazing you can get these recirculating pumps in the in the internet or at the uh, well, Birds Unlimited and other places. And they're inexpensive, easy, easy to use. In the and they're solar powered or something. Yeah, you can get solar powered or electrical. There. Well, if I didn't have solar powered, I'd have to run an extension cord. That's right. That's that. That makes it much more convenient. Then my lawn man would uh, cut the extension yeah. cord. <laughs> but uh, I, I imagine you still have well. If you had a recircling pump that would be powered by solar power, uh, you just fill it up with water on a regular basis. You wouldn't have to leave it hooked up to your hose. Oh, no. Yeah, you just fill it with with water. Um, We might, uh, I know it's getting late in the show, but uh, next week uh, maybe we'll uh, see if we can't get some response from folks on that have uh, recirculating pumps in their bird bass, or just just what they're doing in bird bass. But what Jerry was talking about is, uh, you got kids at home, and uh, they want a project. A bird bath is a great project. Oh Be- yeah. Because it's it's full of action. The water gets used up, gets splashed. Mm-hmm. It's easy to expect ten species of birds. In a typical, if your neighborhood's got some trees, ten species of birds in a typical day, and they can keep a little list, and uh, yeah. uh, so they'll see some real colorful ones. And my uh, my <clears throat> my bird bath uh, probably dries out in uh, one day because it's it's a cement thing, and they they dry faster. And they like those best, but they'll use the they'll use any kind of yeah. And uh, I've seen gar- well. I've got one a garbage cover. Garbage <clears throat> can't cover works pretty slick, but the cement ones is because of the footing and mm-hmm. so. But I, I would imagine you could have the the child uh, or young person fill fill that thing up in the morning and fill it up late in the evening. Yeah, and you could uh, review. A, the number of birds, different birds. Yeah. Because yeah, uh, my red birds have a tendency to come to the feeder in the early morning. Or in the afternoon, late afternoon. Yeah, late afternoon. But uh, you got, yeah, it's amazing how many different types of birds. And they're very obvious. I mean, this is not a real tough bird-watching uh, situation, you know, where you have to do a lot of identification. You get some that are pretty rare, but uh, most of them are pretty common. Yeah, 
if you're growing uh, lantana and it's not in the shade, it should be blooming. But if you look at the leaves and they're tan, modeling, uh, meaning having little spots on them, uh, leaves, then you've got lace bugs, which show up uh, about this time of the year and especially during the heat. Well, I think these next couple of days are going to classify as heat. Uh, so yeah. you want want if you're uh, they're not blooming, the uh, lantana not blooming uh, with lace bugs. Uh, you'll see the black droppings on the backs of the leaves. Okay. Dusty-looking leaves. They're, they're pooping on the backs of the leaves, Milton. <laughs> so people always wonder, what are, what are these little black spots on my on my uh, leaves? And where is my uh, new gold bloom? Right. Oh. We're, we're, we've got a new gold lantana. Let's see, is that for sale? Uh, for on sale? I think on it's for sale. sale. Yeah, it's for sale. I'm not sure it's on sale. But the, what, it had been on sale for if you sale. Had, if, so, you had, uh, if you had that problem last year, yeah. you might want to make a quick spray. Uh, Spinosad is the, an organic control that may work for you, uh, or 7 or... Uh, Oh, acephate works really well. Yeah. It probably works the best. There's a bare systemic that would work. Or um, if you've already seen the symptom, Jerry, what's your recommendation if the blooms are already done? I mean, the blooms have already quit and you've got gray leaves. Right. You just take your string more? String more and shred them them back about a third. Yeah, just take take that skim off that. Or a fourth. Speed it up. It'll speed up the repair. I think I, we don't usually uh, fertilize our lantanas, but I I think I'd put some slow-release lawn fertilizer. It it wouldn't wouldn't hurt. Wouldn't hurt. Because general purpose insecticide will stop them, but the leaves will not green back up again. So that's why you you don't lose anything by shredding them off with a, a, a shredder. And of course, uh, we also got to be on the lookout for chinch, chinch bugs, uh, <laughs> which will attack St. Augustine. I'm, uh, <laughs> I keep t- I tell the story of uh, uh, when I first came, the plant pathologist, uh, no, the plant entomologist was making the statement that uh, chinch bugs weren't in. San Antonio. We didn't have Chinchbook. And at, at that time, Joe Bradbury, one of the founders of this nursery, Milberger Nursery, was uh, doing lawn services. And so I had Joe, I said, Joe, next time, because he went, went nuts over this guy saying there's no Chinchbook. I said, I need for you to collect me Chinchbugs in a jar, in a little jar or something, and we need to send them to that entomologist. And so within a, within a week, I had 20 or so samples 
which we immediately sent over to the guy at uh, Uvalde. And uh, he confirmed that we did indeed have chinch bugs in San Antonio. So that shut him down. But anyway, they're, uh, uh, you mainly see them next to sidewalks. They kill the grass yeah. next to sidewalks. Uh, kind of the hot, hot part of the lawn. Yeah. And if the grass does not respond by greening up after you water it. Yeah, just a little hand watering yeah. every day for a few days and nothing happens, then you probably you got to suspect that's what it is. Because, you know, the hardest part of the lawn to keep green is that next to the sidewalk. And because it, it, uh, the sidewalk will uh, suck the water out of it sooner than it will the rest of the yard. And also you've got your pop-up sprinklers next to the sidewalk. And they're shooting out away from that grass. And so a lot of people... Uh, think that uh, chinch bug damage is actually uh, drought damage. But what you can do, uh, uh, if it doesn't green up after you water it, part the grass and look closely for a BB-sized black insects with irregular white diamonds on their wings and also some small red nymphs. And uh, that's chinch bugs, and uh, and then there's uh, you, you can use a control on them. Yeah, a lot of a lot of several uh, effective soil insecticides <clears throat> that work for chinch bugs. Same ones will work for uh, grubs, actually, too. Yeah, if we're getting close to the end of the effective season for treating yeah. grubs. But, yeah, right. Uh, but uh, look, uh, follow the label instructions. I didn't didn't. Uh, we we did we didn't mention this uh, Silver Falls dichondra, which I am convinced is a Paul Cox plant, and uh, because I no. know uh, I didn't ask Mark about Bubba, did you? Uh, huh? Did y'all ask Mark about Bubba and its history? No, we didn't. Oh, okay, no, that just reminded me when you said Paul Cox plant. Sorry, <laughs> go ahead. But anyway. Uh, uh, Benny Simpson used to be our native plant person. Uh, collected several samples of uh, dichondra, this uh, silver pony foot, they call it, and uh, had them planted up around the the uh, uh, medians up at the Dallas Botan- Botanic no at the B- Dallas Extension Center there in Renner. And uh too, for a four-inch pot, regularly one twenty-nine on sale for ninety-eight cents. What we don't know, but what I'm pretty sure of, it's deer resistant. If it's deer resistant, mm. so if you were planting, planting, we're looking for a ground cover in the sun, uh, and you've got deer, I would encourage you to plant some of this. Uh, Silver Falls Dichondra, uh, Silver Ponyfoot. Just to check it with a deer. Okay. And there's uh, the patch of it here yeah. growing at Millburgers. You can take a look at yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. All right. We're going to say goodbye for two. Oh, days. no. We want to thank all of our folks who called in on behalf of the docs. We want to thank Al for doing a job, great job getting all the Thanks, calls. Thanks, Al. Yeah, way to go, Al. 
and all the music to remember Charlie Daniels. And uh, um, so we're going to say goodbye for today. Back tomorrow.